Because what is the love that God calls us to? Unconditional love. There's no condition. That's the way He loves us. But now we put up a list of conditions. God, if you, then I. God, if you do this and make that happen and answer this prayer, then I will. What goes with that is, if you don't, then I will not believe, walk away, find another church, throw my Bible away, whatever. Can you see the condition? The conditions, oof, thank you, Holy Spirit. The conditions we put on God reveals the condition of our hearts. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful. You're not a man that you should lie. If you said it, we believe it and we will obey. But Lord, I do sense that there are those today maybe that feel like, I did, I did, I, I trusted, I believed, and God wasn't faithful. He wasn't faithful according to what my expectation was, and now, now I'm disappointed, and now I'm, I'm fearful to believe again, because what if, what if I'm disappointed again? I want you to know I, know, I know exactly what that feels like. But what I've learned is that He is always faithful. And if something that I was trusting for, praying for, that made sense to me, with my perspective, didn't happen the way that I thought it should. I need to know and trust that it's because He knows better. He has either a different way, a different timing, because His perspective is eternal. But if I let one or two disappointments make me decide that he is not faithful then my journey of faith will be a struggle because I have to have faith in his faithfulness faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen God spoke in His Word and to maybe some of us personally, that Word is substance. From that Word, we can hope and we can know there's evidence, 
even though we don't see it with our eyes right now. We have looked at many properties, for example, for this church. And before, I felt like God said this one. And then it didn't happen. This one didn't happen. And I was tempted to either give up or just think that, eh, I'm hearing wrong. But with every step of the way, God has been dealing with me. In whatever way, I still need to grow in character, in faith, in trust for Him. He's going to guide me. And today I just feel I need to speak into that struggle that some of you may have. If, if that is you today and you struggle to believe God is faithful for you, can you just raise your hand? Show me, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Okay. All right. I totally understand. And I, and I, I want to tell you I'm really sorry that you are struggling with it because it's a difficult place to be. And we're going to trust right now that God will come into that space and He will bring healing he will bring wholeness. He will bring His perspective. Amen. All right, let us all trust together and agree. Because it's not that thing. It's not about that thing that you want Him to be faithful in. It's about His character. It's actually about your relationship with Him. How many of you are in a marriage where you've been disappointed by the other one? They weren't, they disappointed you. It can be in the little things or in the big things. Because you expected faithfulness and it wasn't there in the way that you wanted it. But what brings us through those disappointments? Love, relationship. Because what is the love that God calls us to? Unconditional love there's no condition that's the way he loves us but now we put up a list of conditions God if you then I God if you do this and make that happen and answer this prayer then I will and what goes with that is if you don't then I will not believe walk away find another church, throw my Bible away, whatever. Can you see the condition? The conditions, oof, thank you, Holy Spirit. The conditions we put on God reveals the condition of our heart. Sure. The conditions we put on God reveals the condition of our own heart. And it's probably connected to a wound. It may be words that you've spoken going, well, let's see if God does his part. Maybe along the way, people told you, you can't trust in God. Or maybe you, you think that that Afrikaans saying, God help me, die wat hulle self help. Maybe you think that scripture 
It's not scripture. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much that if he feels the thing that you are trusting him for is distracting you from him, he might put a delay on it. What is an idol? It's not me. What is an idol? It's anything else but God that we give our time, our focus, our attention and our energy to that should be Him. I need to get healed. Come on God, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. My healing, my healing, my brokenness. No, no, no. I'm starting to worship my issue. I'm making it an idol. God is saying, get rid of the idols in your life. Put me first. See what I do. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to do something difficult because you think you're right. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, stand before God and repent of putting conditions on God. Repent from worshiping an idol that is a prayer point in your life. We can even worship worship. We can worship songs. We can worship these things. It's so subtle sometimes. Let us take a moment. Those of you who put up your hands and anyone else that realizes, man, maybe that's me as well. Let's just close our eyes. Let's see how we stand before God right now. And I want you to say, you can do it in your own words, but I will help you. Father God, I repent of putting conditions on you for how I love you. I repent of being unfaithful because I think you are unfaithful. And today I come to you anew and say, Lord, I put you first. I put you first. I renounce everything that I've spent time on, energy on, that doesn't bring me closer to you. Lord, you know. And I want you to pray this now. Say, Lord, I choose to put you on the throne of my life. And I choose to be obedient to your word. Lord, I don't know the timing of you answering my prayer, but I trust you in the process. Help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit, to trust you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want us to take our communion on that note. Please grab your elements.
Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples that in remembrance of him, we need to take the bread that is his body that was broken and bruised to the point where he was beyond recognition. And as we take that, he says, if you don't take partake of my flesh, you can't have part of me. It was a crazy weird concept. But that's what he says. So as we take this, I want you to know that we're taking communion over our healing, over the breakthrough we're trusting for, over the thing you just experienced where you went, Lord, I repent. I'm, 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 I'm taking communion for that. I'm taking communion for my marriage, for my family, for my children. I'm taking communion for the hearts and minds of the people in the Helderberg. And Lord, because your body was broken for everyone. Thank you that I know it was broken for me so that I can be free and I can be healed. I want others to know. And Lord, I know it's not a quick fix. But at the same time, I know you're a miracle working God and you are still busy with us. And he said to take the wine. We don't have wine because, you know, some Christians have issues with real wine. I'm just kidding. The juice we have today represents the blood of Jesus that flowed for all of us. The Bible describes his blood as holy and powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Why was his blood holy? Because the seed that he came from was supernatural seed. His whole body was put together and grew with the seed of the Holy Spirit. So when his blood flowed, it paid for everything, everything in our lives. And when we receive Him, we, we, we receive the right to be called children of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. So I want you to take a moment. Take the bread. Take the juice. Think of who Jesus is and what He has done for you. And take it for that thing that you're trusting him for. But more than that, take it because you love him and because you put him first. Amen. Thank you. I don't know what you believe in God for.
this last while we've been talking about the gift of the Spirit, the signs and wonders that we are called to, to walk in as believers. And I've just been, I shared it with the prayer group this morning, I've just been sensing there's so much attack on this idea that healing is still possible, that, this, that the gifts still operate. I've been questioned, people have left our church saying that they want to go somewhere more reformed and it challenges, it challenges and it makes it difficult. But when I read the Bible in its fullness, when I read the letter of Paul to the Corinthians we've been working through, and, and I read Revelation, and you, and you put it all together with, and then on top of that, I've got personal experience of, of giving word to people, prophetic wisdom, knowledge, praying for people and getting, seeing them get healed, praying for my children, seeing them get healed. And that's just my testimony. I know that God is still healing. I know that the gifts are still operating in the body of Christ. And you cannot convince me otherwise. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, that is how we defeat the enemy. And even within our camp of, of Christians and so-called Christians and cultural Christians, we've got all these things flying around. My, my question is, if you really believe that signs and wonders have ceased and the gifts are not operating, why do you pray? Do you pray? And I feel there's a mindset that can even be here today. That because of what happened in the past, God didn't deliver. God didn't heal. God didn't do what I wanted Him to do. Then the gifts must not be operating. Then signs and wonders must not be possible. Has everyone I've prayed for gotten healing? No. But many did. Was my words that I've given people right all the time? No. But they were 90% right. Have I led people to Jesus? Yes many as the Holy Spirit leads and as we step out in obedience people's lives change I don't know about you but I don't want to just get together and do a Bible study that has no power I want to see lives changed I want to see the Helderberg get saved I want to see a nation saved. I want to see young people stand up and say, I will stand up for Jesus in government, in local government, in schools, in universities. That's, I want to see that. And that cannot happen with intellectual whatever. It has to be from the power of the Spirit Amen. of God living inside of us. Amen? Sure. So I guess in a way I feel God is bringing us to a point and asking, will you lay your unbelief down? Will you lay your unbelief down? And will you trust me? Will you trust my word? 
if, if Jesus said we must be like children and believe, then why, why would it be so intellectually challenging to just understand how these things work? Come to me like children and believe. When I tell my daughter something, she goes, okay. Not so much anymore when I tell her to do something. But when I tell her, this is how it is. This is how something works. She goes, okay. She believes. She doesn't doubt. And if, she, if there's a moment that comes later where she does go, I can affirm and reaffirm out of relationship, out of time with her, out of my voice being the loudest voice in her life. What voice is the loudest voice in your life? Harvey and I often talk about this. When you hear men, women, whoever complain, talk about things that are going wrong, struggling with faith, struggling with God, whatever, and you get to the simple question, how is your quiet time with God? Oh, no, I don't have time for that. Well, can't really have a relationship if you don't spend time. I want to take another moment. And I want us to say, Lord, I lay any and all unbelief in you, your character, your person, your love for me. I want to lay it down. And I want to embrace I just want to embrace the fullness of who you are. Can we do that? Can we just sing that chorus again? And I want you to choose to believe that what is impossible with man is possible with God. Amen? Amen? All right. Let's just say this together. Father God, I believe you. I believe in you. I trust you with my whole life I choose anew to love you with my whole heart with my whole mind with all of my strength in Jesus name Amen Amen I want to open the floor up if someone wants to share a testimony someone has a word of encouragement maybe a prophetic word anything like that as God stirs you just raise your hand and we'll give you an opportunity maybe you have a, a word of knowledge for someone or you just feel like there's someone that needs prayer for healing it doesn't help we read the word and we don't apply it. And I want this to be a safe space where we believe the Word of God and then we apply it. Yes, Esmeri, you can come. Thank you, Jesus. This is Esmeri, everybody. Um, good morning. Yesterday at the conference, yesterday at the conference, um, Greta shared about how her life gets to be splattered all over the eyes. But in that, there's testimony. It's a very public testimony, but it's testimony. And then she challenged us to stand up when she asked certain questions. And in that moment, I thought, Wah! 
people are going to see me and, and couple me to that question now. And then the Lord reminded me again, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb, check, it's done. Nothing can be changed about that. But in that testimony, when we stand up, we free people around us. Because when they see, okay, she's dealing with it. Um, the next moment people started getting up around me as well, dealing with their things. And it's when it's brought to the light that we can really get free. And that's what I want to challenge you with, to, to really just step out of in faith and say, Lord, I'm going to not keep this test inside of me because it's still testing me, but, but I have overcome it. I'm going to stand up and give a testimony so that others around me can also get free. Amen. Powerful. Yes, Chovi. Thank you. Let's give Chovi a big round of applause. Come on. Mighty man of valor. Okay, half an hour. Um, okay. This, is, this has been in my heart um, for a while, but when you guys were talking this morning about breakthrough, and I'm always praying about that, not understanding why people will stand and not run to Jesus. And when I was standing at the back, I'm preparing to go to Turkey and speak on the seven churches of Revelation, and I want to read you something in Revelation. And when I read this, I want you to think about your situation. I want you to think about what you think is not possible. I want you to think about what is that struggle that you feel, well, this is just impossible. On Thursday, I dealt with a guy that said, for the second time in one month, I sat with a gun against my head. And he's got two little children. And I go, but why? And he said, it's impossible for me to get through this. And then I realized he doesn't know Jesus. And let me tell you why. Listen to this. This is when, when the revelation came to John. And he, he said he heard this voice. And it was like a trumpet. He said, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned. Now let me just say this. This is not a dream. This is real life. He turned around and he looked. And what was standing behind him was the golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone, and we know now that it was the Son of Man, Jesus, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was like white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all his brilliance. That is the Jesus I know. That is the Jesus that will come through for you every single time. When he speaks with that tongue, that sword, it will pierce anything that's standing in your way. That is the Jesus that we follow. That is the Jesus that will come back. Not this meek little one holding a little bulky with this... Um, uh, butterflies behind him. No, it's a powerful warrior that will say, I love you and I love you. And that is why David would say, I don't care. I will fear nothing because I follow him. And when you follow him, that is when there will be breakthrough. Let's go into our rooms. Let's pray. Let's hold on to and say, Jesus, in you, I trust. Amen. And you'll see situations changed. Come on. Sure, powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Yes.
Hello, everybody. So I just want to share something. So this is what happened at, um, at the film, actually, last weekend. What was so amazing for me is that that entire weekend, I was going through so much doubt, and I was feeling like, I can't go on with this. And I was feeling so down, couldn't do, oh, shit, but my kid to get. <laughs> and I was feeling so down, and I couldn't do anything. And then when we started shooting and that stuff, like in that moment, like every time when we come in, you just feel the Holy Spirit in there. And every time I was like feeling like, in, in with this song, I think it was the name, No Boundaries, if I'm correct. In No Boundaries, like the lyrics literally are uh, no boundaries to God's love. And I was like, there is literally no boundary to his love. And that was so amazing for me because every time when we came to that song, it just refreshed me. And I was like, oh, I'm so tired. My voice is sore, but no, I'm going to keep going because this is what I want. I want to be free. I want to continue. This yeah. is the dream I want to live. And it was to live God's love. And I want to spread with the people and just live his name up high. Amen. Thanks, Tian. Yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Hugo, Hugo Lorenz. Sprechen Deutsch auch ein bisschen. Goloma ist Zulu genannt. But uh, I came here when Picard was here for the first time. And I felt so much love. I want to encourage you guys. Please continue to do that. I felt so welcome. My wife wasn't here. She's here today with a moon boot and all in it. And... Uh, but you know, when you spoke about this new venue, I want to encourage you. Say about 40 years ago in Pretoria, Don Newman and his wife had a cell group on their farm, their small holding, that outgrew their lounge. They built a bigger building, and immediately they were challenged. This is agricultural land. They, I sense that when you start to speak, so this is why this testimony. So they started this whole process and no ways. The authorities wouldn't budge. And after two years, I can't remember that it's, it's long ago. His wife went to Monitoria, the Imperatoria, went to the official end. Ma'am, we've told you, here's the regulations, there's no ways. She went out at the office some of you admitted today that sometimes you become a bit despondent. And she met a young man in the passageway, and he said, ma'am, come with me. He walked her into a room where all these files were stored up. And he went to a file, and he took it out, and he said, ma'am, you need this. He opened it. He said, just take this to that, the authority. She went straight to back that man's office and she opened the file and she said to a young man, one of your staff members just gave me this. Look at this. Years back there was a dispute and there was a regulation that uh, came and it was written there that there were certain circumstances under which agricultural land could be used for a spiritual building. Wow. He said, ma'am, what did this man look like? She said, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't a mighty warrior, but it was a friendly, blonde, young man. And she could only believe it was an angel that took us straight to that, to this thousands and thousands of files. Guys, wow. don't be discouraged. Amen. You know you're on God's will. You can manage to get me back here and my wife just because you love extravagantly. Amen. Just be encouraged. Just, and, and listen, yeah, you're talking about the gift of the spirits, of the spirit. 
you will only, as I says, whether you turn left or right, you'll hear my voice behind you. Come walk here. But guys, you won't hear that voice if you don't walk in the spirit. Amen. If you walk in the flesh and fear control your life and all the problems are greater, you will sink like Peter. Only when he had his eyes on Jesus, he would walk in the water. Amen. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So um, I'm not really a speaker, <laughs> but um, I felt this on my heart um, this morning. So a recurring theme for me in my life um, lately is your heart of stone must turn to flesh. Um, and I feel like for everybody or anybody in the audience that struggles, um, that has a hardened heart, I feel like God is telling you, like, <laughs> your heart should become flesh because if you don't, you're not going to consume knowledge and listen to what is actually given to you when it's given to you. Amen. So, wow. cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well done. So if anyone is sensing that kind of um, hard-heartedness against God, know that it is something that, you can come closer, that's something that will keep you from intimacy with Him. Um, so thank you for that. That's a, something you all have to be reminded of. You can come up. <laughs> Corrine. I remember your name. <laughs> that is a miracle. Sure. Okay. This has taken a lot of guts to come and stand up here today. My journey is nowhere near finished. I know there's more coming. There's more coming this week. Amen. But I just have to encourage you all, with what Heinz has been saying this morning, has happened to me so many times. Um, some of you may know, I've just come back from the UK. I was gone for 20 years. And throughout that 20 years, I was not following the path I should have been following. I was doing my own thing, a Sunday Christian. Um, it's different in the UK. The way God moves in the UK is different. It's not so as powerful as it was here. And I'd been hurt by previous churches. I'd been hurt by so many things. And in the UK, I finally got to meet my dad. And I lost my dad to cancer. And he was so strong in God when I met him. And I watched, I watched him lose his life. And it made me angry. It made me so angry for such a long time. My life just started falling apart everywhere around me. And I've just carried on going and carried on going and asking God, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand why things keep going wrong. Where are you? Where are you? And the beginning of this year was the toughest time I've ever gone through. When I watched my daughter's life, who is only 15, crumble in front of me. And she turned around to me and said, Mom, why can't we move back to South Africa now? And I was like, oh Lord, this is a big step. I left for reasons and now I've got to go back and face those reasons. I've got to face my fears. And I said, Lord, if this is from you, my house is going to sell. My house is going to sell quickly and I will take that as a sign that I need to go. I need to go home. I need to be with my family and I need to be with you. My house sold within a week of it being online. And that was it, okay. Phew, now I've got to move. And it moved. It moved quickly. And three months ago, I moved back. The first weekend I was back, my sister invited me to church to come here. We walked in, and I have never felt so at home in between the most amazing people that I have met. I was saying to Heinz 
and the setup team the other day that I have made more friends in the last three months of being here than in the 20 years wow. I was in the UK. God has given me the most amazing people to lean on. I cannot even begin to express to you the gratitude I have for Love Key right now and for the way they obey God. All the people that have come across my life and have obeyed God that have helped me on this journey. I have walked through such a steep time. And last week, when I thought there was no hope and I thought, Sure, Lord, I need answers and I need answers now. A lot of you know what this is about. It's about my house. And I got knocked back down because of my business. And I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I have a mother-in-law who doesn't believe at the moment. I'm praying. And she's like, well, if God's there, why is he not sorting this out? And I'm like, because it's in his time. And the biggest thing I've learned in the last three months is a verse that my dad used to love. Be still and know that I am God. (laughs) Yesterday, I went to the women's conference. I'm sorry, this is a bit long. I went to the women's conference and oh my hat. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's what it's saying. Um, Every single session hit me and hit me hard. And I know I've got so much work ahead of me. I'm going to register for Zozo because I know there are things that I have to deal with. There are things in my life that I am unknowingly affecting my children, affecting my marriage. And I can stand here after listening to a letter and Greta yesterday, knowing that I cannot expect my husband, who arrives next week, and I cannot expect my mother-in-law, and I cannot expect my son and my household to come to God if I don't portray God through me. If I don't stand here and show my family what God is about, be his advocate and be... Be still. And I was given a book yesterday by an amazing friend of mine. She knows who she is. And this book forces me to sit and be quiet every day. Read and be with God. And it is just what I needed after this weekend and after everything. And she listened to God and she gave me that book. So again, I encourage you all. I know sometimes it's hard. When I wobbled this week, I reached out. I got prayer, I got encouragement. I don't know what's going to happen this week. Your your word that you prophesied, I know that you've had a bit of a struggle trying to understand with people who have left and things like that. At the SOE, you told me there is someone praying for their husband and that God is hearing you and that he's got amazing things ahead of you. I wasn't sure if that was for me, but I am praying. But after this weekend, I know that we have got an amazing journey ahead of us. And I know that God is going to do wonders in my family. Amen. Thank you so much, Corinne. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. <laughs> Corinne, have you ever spoken in a church before on a stage? Never. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Floodgates are open. I like it. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to encourage you. I was married to a Jewish man, and for 45 years I prayed for his salvation. And three days before he passed away, he met Jesus. Wow. So don't give up because God does not give up on us. Wow. Just a small word of encouragement. 
Wow, thank you so much. It's not small. That's powerful. That's really powerful. Greta shared many stories yesterday. Last night we heard a few more. And the one that blew us away was how God told her one thing to do that was a major sacrifice and only saw the fruit of that sacrifice 14 years later. Wondering for 14 years, why did I do that? Struggling with that. How many of you know God is outside of time? Amen. He created time, so He's outside of it. He looks at us in a completely different way than we look at ourselves. How many of you know if you could speak to yourself of five years ago, <laughs> you would give much different advice? Yeah. Let alone 10, 15, the child version of me. What would I say to that person? Why? Because you have perspective that came with time. Amen. But we want to know now and we want to have it now and we want to have it our way. Do you know who does that? The world. We have to choose to do things God's way. Amen. Mm. So this has been quite a hectic week that's just <laughs> passed. But we are grateful for it. My husband actually laughed at me because I couldn't speak. I was coughing so much. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I've had enough now. And he just laughed. So all the, all the praise and glory to God. But one thing that I have to just say, and God's been putting it on my heart since yesterday, the last session that Greta did with regards to the wounds, I think every single person, it's not just for women, but every person deals with that. And the one revelation that I had in my life, and especially yesterday, they, I think it was about 50% of the women that were standing. And I know for a fact that wasn't everyone. It was closer to 100% of women that had serious wounds. And the reason why I'm up here sharing what I'm going to share with you is because I've been through a lot of what that those women have been through, but yesterday wasn't my time to stand up because that was before I got saved, before I let Jesus into my heart 100%. And there, there's so much healing that he wants to do for us. But the devil comes and he puts shame on us. And then we don't want to stand up and go, hey, I was molested when I was a child for so many years, not just by a stranger, but by my family members, by my stepdad. And that happened to me. So I know what it feels like. And for 30 years, I kept quiet about it. And then God started working with me. And he knocked on my, the, the door of my heart. And I kept on pushing him away. And there were so many times that I was so down in the dumps. I tried to commit suicide more than once in my life. <laughs> but God said no. <laughs> It's not your time. I've got a different plan for your life. And I didn't understand it. But by the time I got to the lowest of lows of lows in my life, he picked me up and he was such a gentleman. I cannot even begin to explain how gentle he works with us. He'll never make you do anything that you're not ready for. That's what free will is all about. But I want to encourage every woman today that, yes, terrible things happen. Husbands and ex-husbands might have hit you and broke your ribs and grabbed you by the throat and try and destroy you and kill you. 
But if you're still here today, and for everyone online, every woman that was in the conference yesterday, and just every person, because it's not just women that get beat up, it's men as well. If you have survived any form of abuse, mental, physical, sexual, whatever it is, I want to just tell you today that God is so amazing because I know that the most beautiful thing that came out of my story was not just my inner healing, but restoration of relationships. The people that turned against me, um, my mother, I love my mother to bits, but she told people that I was crazy. She told them that I belong in a mental institute. Groendakies, ne? Veskopies. Yeah. Apparently, I don't belong there because God's got a different plan for my life. And I just want to give Him all the glory. And I want to encourage each and every one of you today. Reach out to Him because His hand is already there. He's just wanting you to touch it. Go for it. Thank you, Lily. Wow. I have something I want to share, but I want to leave it for last. Is anyone else... Are we done? Going once. <laughs> All right. Yesterday at the women's conference, something happened that had a shake. Come on, sit by shame. Okay. Yesterday at the women's conference, uh, something happened that was quite profound, and, and Yolandi referred to it. Um, Greta made an invitation to those who have different kinds of wounds, and she named the wounds, and then women got up who related to that specific wound. And it was all forms of abuse. It was financial trouble, um, alcoholism with the husband, what, many forms of things. And, and I, as I was sitting there as, as one of the few men in the room, my heart, and even now, when I think of those women standing up, I just breaks my heart. And and for a, for a moment, I felt so ashamed and guilty for just being a man. Because when you hear these things have happened to so many people, and not just once, it just it does something to you. And if it doesn't do something to you, then yeah, you need serious help. We live in a broken world. We are all born into sin. The world wants to make you believe that people are in essence good people. No, they're not. The Bible tells us the exact opposite. We are all born into a sinful nature and all have fallen short of the glory of God. That is the state in which we come into this life. And then if we, if our forefathers, our fathers and those before them had, gr had grown up in a way that didn't change that nature, we should not be surprised that what they did and how they did it was done with so much dysfunction, so much hurt, so many wrong things. And we can look at that and go, why did God allow that? 
or you can go. Why didn't those people grab the solution that Jesus supplies? See, it's easier to go, God let it happen. It's much harder to go, maybe God provided a solution, but I'm not willing to take it. Amen? Can you see that? Broken men and women will break other people. Because I'm broken, I'm going to pass my dysfunction on. Because I have wounds, I'm going to hurt others. Knowingly or unknowingly. But now we sit with this problem. We sit with just one room with 400 women, most of them getting up for all kinds of stuff that you kind of go, what is happening? And you, you realize if you grew up in a fairly healthy home with parents who are still together that taught you about Jesus and took you to church, even though, even though it may have been religious in a way, that you have a loving, protected home, that is the exception. When did that happen? And it just, it breaks your heart. And I took a moment yesterday and I, I, I felt that God wanted me to do that. And, I, and I, I said to the woman, I know I can't speak on behalf of every man in your life, but I just want to say, as a man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what any man ever did to you in whatever way that broke you and hurt you. That is not how it should have been. It's not God's original plan. But sin comes in, brokenness comes in, and it happens. But I want to remind all of us of the good news, that Jesus came, the second Adam, the son of man, God in the form of man, to be the perfect man, his father to be our perfect father. Everything we did not get in this life is wrapped up in him and in a relationship with him. Every wound, every hurt, every brokenness, he can turn around. Amen? The question is, do I believe that? And do I trust him in the process of getting there? I've heard testimonies of people who said, in one moment, everything was sorted out. I've been jealous of those people. And then I'm like, ah, oh, now I'm sinning because I'm not supposed to be jealous. But for most of us, there's a process of healing. There's a process of growing. But what I think is so good about that part of it is it's when we go through the tough stuff that our character is formed that we get closer to Jesus. There's a scripture in, in James 1. It says, Then you will be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. How many of you would like to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing? How many? Anyone? Anyone? Those who know the scripture are like, uh... The verses before that says, count it all joy 
when trials of various kinds come your way, it has a purpose. And the purpose it explains is to build your character, to give you hope. Then when it has had its perfect work in you, the trial, when the trial has had its perfect work in you, then you will be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. No, but I want to skip the trial. Do you know who had a trial to face that didn't need to? It's Jesus. And even Him came before the Father, sweating blood. He was so anxious and afraid, filled with fear. You can go read it if you don't believe me. The Son of Man, in that moment, felt everything we feel when we're afraid and anxious and we don't want to go through something. He knows. But He took it on Himself because He said the most important words any of us can say. Father, please don't let this happen. Please. Let this cup pass. Many of us feel like that. We've got cups in front of us and we're like, oh, man, oh, I don't want to do this. This is too hard. It's too much. But, Father, not my will be done. But let your will be done. And His will is supreme. It is sovereign. It is outside of time. It takes faith to trust. The world talks about blind faith. But Jesus talks about religious leaders as being the blind leading the blind. The world says, um, if, you, if I will see it, if I will believe it when I see it. But the word of God says, seeing, our believing is seeing, where the world says seeing is believing. And we need to go, okay, even if I don't see it, feel it, any of my senses, if none of my senses are telling me this is true, but the Spirit of God and the Word of God has settled it in my heart, in my spirit being, that it's true, then it's true. Amen? Most of us, we fall away from the truth when we let our feelings do the talking, when we do our feelings do the leading. I feel this way. This happened, now I'm stuck in this. Now I feel this and I feel that. How many of you know the world looks the way it does because people are leading by feeling? Even the people that say they believe in science have let science go. I've seen debates where Christians talk to crazy liberals and they say, have you seen what the science says? <laughs> and they're like, we don't believe in that science. They've created their own religion and it just changed, chops and changes because they have no true north. We have God and we have His Word and it tells us exactly what to do. Amen. I have a whole sermon 
about 1 Corinthians 14. But I don't feel like I need to get into that whole thing today. God came and He ministered to us. I will give you a quick summary and then we will pray. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, It's good for us to pray in tongues. It's good for us to speak in tongues. The point of the tongues is mainly for you when you pray to God. Mysteries that you may not know what to pray, then you can pray that. He says that I desire that all of you will speak in tongues because I speak in tongues more than any of you. He's a very humble man. No, I'm kidding. Sometimes when you read Paul, you can see there's these little things. He says, but unless a tongue is for the edification for everyone, where it's interpreted what is said, it's not really for the gathering. Desire the gift of prophecy for the gathering. Because that edifies, that builds up. That brings us closer to God. And I want to encourage any and all of you to, to ask God to release the prophetic inside of you because we heard today some of what we heard today was prophetic in nature some was words of knowledge some was words of encouragement we saw the gifts operate here today did you see it do you know it do you realize it when we take the word of god and we apply it things change amen i want us to be a bible believing bible applying church do you want to be that church kind of church Amen. All right. So when it says, yes, pray in tongues, when you are in your quiet time with God, if you do pray in tongues or speak in tongues in the assembly, it is when it can be interpreted. But desire the gift of prophecy more. Then we should go, okay, I want to do that. There are two difficult things that he speaks about in 1 Corinthians 14 that could launch us into a theological debate which I do not want to get into. But as I was studying the Word and reading the Word, and I'm looking at these difficult things that he's saying, and the one is, so let me finish that sentence. I need to know, um, (laughs) we learned a very cool quote from Greta last night. The only text that matters is context. We take the context of the whole letter of Corinthians, Paul was answering questions and speaking into specific situations that the Corinthians were struggling with. So when we read, there are some things that are instructional for the whole body of Christ, and there are some things that are meant for the Corinthians in their specific situation. So, first difficult thing from that piece of scripture. He says, tongues are not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy is for believers, but not for unbelievers. But then he says, therefore, one translation says, even so, if you get together and everyone is speaking in an unknown language and an unbeliever or an untrained person walks in, he's going to think you're crazy. But he just said that tongues are for the unbelievers. He says, but if you are prophesying and an unbeliever walks in, 
he will be convicted by the word of God over his life, fall to the floor and give his life to Christ. But he just said that prophecy is for the believers. That's a bit of a conundrum. <laughs> so I'm asking Holy Spirit, is Paul confused? I even thought some of the translations are wrong because I went to read all of them. But they all say the same thing. So he's speaking to a church who are all from a pagan background. He is speaking to a church that operates in all the gifts, but they struggle with love. We've seen that in the previous two chapters. So he's saying to them, he starts off 1 Corinthians 14 with pursue love above all else, which he confirms from 13, okay? So the focus is love. And he's speaking to a church that operate in the gifts. And it seems like they're talking a lot in tongues. Because he's referring to that a lot. And he's saying, like, don't, that's cool, but don't focus on that so much. I want you to focus on prophecy more. Because that edifies the whole body. Have you been to churches where people are praying in tongues so loudly, it kind of disrupts the assembly? It kind of makes you like... Because it's not being interpreted, it's not being edifying. Okay? So I believe what is happening, and this is my personal interpretation, because of the conundrum that Paul puts there, we can ignore the first part and just say, don't all speak in tongues at the same time, rather prophesy, because that'll get unbelievers saved. That's a nice way of doing it. But if I, then I'm leaving out that paragraph. If I include that paragraph and I look at that situation, what I'm sensing is that Paul is saying to them, let love lead you, love for others. Don't let making a noise and showing how your gift is operating be more important than getting lost people saved. Let when you do the language, let it be for an unbeliever, not for an unbeliever looking from afar. And the prophecy is for the edification, but it can change an unbeliever's heart. Why, why will an unbeliever, if prophecy is not for him, walk in and have his life change when people are prophesying? Because when there's unity in the church and people are operating in prophetic word, which is to the edification of each other, that will change an unbeliever's life. Jesus says in John 17, when he prays to the Father, he says, Father, let my disciples and those who are to follow them be one as you and I are one. Then the world will know that you sent me. He says it twice. Unity in the body of Christ is our most powerful evangelical tool. Because the world comes in and sees unity and love and goes, Jesus must be real. Because this is impossible. Do you hear me? Now, if we take that and we look at a church where you walk in and everybody's going, And it's like 50, 100 people doing it at the same time. 
Unbelievers are going to go, whoa, okay, not for me. This is weird, man. But if you walk in and there's a sense of unity and love, and one brother is standing with another brother saying, I feel God is saying he loves you so much and he just wants to encourage you today. You walk in and you go, well, that's nice, okay. And you see other people speaking life, edification, empowering. Something will happen on your inside of you where you will go, okay, I need, I need this. I need this, Jesus. And you know what will happen next? Someone will come to you, put their hand on your shoulder, and maybe they speak to you in a tongue. Maybe they prophesy. But now it's love for you. Does that make sense? I'm not laying out a doctrine. But for me, in the context of the letter, with what Paul has been speaking to them about, love, love, unity, unity. I, I really feel like that is where the Holy Spirit wants us to be, is that kind of church. And I want to I honor you and thank you that we've already heard three times today how people experience the love of God when they walk into this place. Thank you. Let's keep doing that well. Amen. There's one final challenge that Paul talks about, which is also a difficult one. And that is, he says, women may not speak in church. So according to Paul, we've already broken that rule yesterday and a few times today. And, and I, I read that, and, I, and I've read up on people that have studied this and try to figure out what does Paul mean. Because there are movements in the body of Christ that take that literally as it is written there. And they say, women may not speak, preach, anything. Then there are those who take that and they try to read something into it to say women can preach or speak in church. But the way they do it, to my logical, analytical, and somewhat legal brain, I did study a bit of law, it's a weak argument. Now, I'm also with this conundrum, this challenge of... Because how many of you have been blessed by women speaking in church? Your lives changed. All the women go, amen. <laughs> a woman changed my life. Yeah. But so if there's fruit, then, and we read this, then we can either go, well, that's just wrong. And what I felt was fake or sensed in my spirit was not real. Or it, it needs deeper studying and asking Holy Spirit, what is Paul talking about and why is he doing this? Because we just read two weeks ago or three weeks ago, 1 Corinthians 12. He speaks about the order of God and he says, man, Christ is the head of man, man is the head of woman. And then he says to the Corinthians specifically, in your case, when a man prophesies or prays in the assembly, he must not have his head covered. When a woman prophesies or prays, she must have her head covered. 
to show that she's under the authority of her husband or a man, which could be her father as well. So why would Paul, say two chapters ago, refer to women who are prophesying and praying? How many of you know when you prophesy, you speak? In church. So why would he say that? And then come in chapter 14 and say, they're not allowed to speak. If they want to know something, they can ask their husbands at home. That's what he says. And the feminists go, it's a hard thing to read. I don't have a full, complete, happy answer for you, to be quite honest. The only thing I can come to from reading it in context and hearing Paul in chapter 12, reading the rest of the Bible, where we have stories like Deborah in the book of Judges who ruled Israel and judged men. We have prophets who are women. We have Esther who saved her whole people. We have to look at everything. And if we come back to this specific church where Paul was speaking to these Corinthians who all used to be pagans, none of them Jewish, they all come from a rough background. Imagine the roughest place you can think of and all those people get saved and now you have to deal with them. That's the church, all right? <laughs> How many of you thought of Boxberg? Come on. <laughs> laughing so loud. So if you... <laughs> I love Boxberg, people. I love you. Jesus loves you. Um, if we take all of those things in context and we read the specific words that Paul was saying, and then what he continues with after that, it's all about order during the church service. And because his letter is in answer to certain things, this is once again my opinion, it's not doctrine, I believe that what was happening here was that women were speaking out of turn on a regular basis and they were saying things that's not in line with the word of God. So he had to speak into that space and say, for a time... <laughs> We need to say, hey, this cannot happen. If there are things that need to be discussed, discuss it at home and then let's sort it out. That is what I believe is happening there. That's what many other people believe as well. But I know even that sounds a bit weak. But there's no other way to read stuff into what Paul writes from what I've found. Why am I even bringing this up? Because God told us to study the word of Corinthians and to, be, to talk about being light in the darkness. That is our series. And as much as I want to ignore those two bits of Scripture, <laughs> because they are difficult, and what I have found is that there's, there's no major consensus among learned people about these things. I've read up. I maybe have not read everything, but I've read up quite a bit on those two challenging pieces of Scripture. The first answer that I feel Holy Spirit gave me, I really like. I really believe if we pursue love and we love each other and others who come in here well and we don't have gifts that are operating outside of love from a selfish place, that is what will change lives. Amen? I believe that women who are called by God, 
who have the gift of God on their lives to communicate the word of God and who we as a community and leadership can say, I trust you. I believe they should speak when God leads them. It's my personal belief. And I think Paul was speaking to a specific situation there. Can we all be happy with that? All right. So, ladies, you are Azer Genigdo, our military aides. You have so much to give, so much to bring, and we need you. Amen? We need you to be prophets. We need you to bring words of wisdom, affirmation, all these things, encouragement. We need you to pray. Please. And as a final word, based on all of this and what happened yesterday, I want to speak to the men. Sons of God. Men of God. Husbands, fathers, we have a massive opportunity to be the sons, the men, the husbands, and the fathers the world so desperately needs. The way God intended for us to be from the beginning, we have an opportunity to be that. Obviously, it starts in your own home. How do you love your wife? How do you love your children? How do you operate with other women, men, children in your life? Can your friends trust you with their children? We have to be the pillars of the community that, that God has called us to be. Amen? So I want to do a call on the men in this house, in this community I want you to stand up. <laughs> wow, Paul. I want you to stand up. Be counted. Be recognized as men. Can we just come on? Thank you, Jesus. Mighty men of valor. Let's change the world for Jesus. Amen. It starts with you on your knees before God, not just once a day, as often as you can. Have a rhythm with God. That's relationship. Ladies, will you reach out your hands and let us pray for the men, and then we'll make a commitment today as men of God. Lord Jesus, as a church community, we come together and we just want to pray for the men in our midst, the sons, the men the husbands, the fathers. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we bless them with godly masculinity, with a sense of what it means to be a true man of God, with love that only you can give us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will make us all conduits of the love of God so that we can love our wives or our future wives well. We can love our children or our future children well. We can love our neighbors well the way you've called us to love them in our workplace, in our communities, in the place we live, the place we travel, wherever it might be. I pray that you will awaken a sense of manliness and masculinity lined up with Jesus and the Father heart of God that will just emanate from who we are and how we do things. 
in the name of Jesus Christ, I just release that in every man standing right now and every, every man online that may be listening or listening to the podcast later. I release that over you right now in the name of Jesus. You are a man of God. You're a man after God's heart and you are a man of God. And the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and fill us, touch us, bless us, Lord, with the ability and the the awareness of what it means to live that way. If we're about to say or do anything that is not in line, halt us, be the God in front of our mouths, be the God in front of our actions, and help us to become more like you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You may sit. Thank you, Lord. The world desperately needs godly masculinity. The world desperately needs godly femininity. That's what we're all actually looking for and what God has put in us from before creation. Let us choose to live from that place. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's end off this day. Lord Jesus, I love you so much. And I want to thank you for being with us in this day. I wasn't exactly sure how the service would go, but you led us, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We love you so much. You really are the Alpha and the Omega, the first, the last, the Holy One, the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of us. Thank you, Father, for life. Thank you for healing. Thank you for breakthrough. Lord, we worship you despite, in, during, and for every tough thing we are faced with because it's not about that, it's about you. And we thank you that because you are a loving father, we will see your hand in our lives and we come expectant for that, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just pray a blessing over everyone. I pray that you will bring healing where it's needed. I pray that you will bring financial breakthrough where it is needed, that you will supply the jobs that are needed in this place, that you will take people to a next level. I pray, but I pray more, Lord, that you will take us all deeper in our, in our personal relationship with you and in our time we spend with you in the word and in worship. Help us to go deeper, to go further, to love you more as you love us so much. We pray that in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Go and love well. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.